Welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I help the everyday woman grow her mindset and spirituality in her daily life in order to break comparison to the Instagram perfect lifestyle. Join me as we navigate the stress and anxiety of our daily routines and reclaim our power to cultivate our most authentic life. Let's start romanticizing the mundane together. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everybody. And if you're new, welcome to the Growth Mindset Gang. How you doing? How's it going? I'm glad you're here. The Growth Mindset Gang is glad you have found us. There, there's so many mindset podcasts out there. So I'm really appreciative that you are listening right now, whether you're listening in the car, on your hot girl walk, whether you are listening to a podcast while you're working out. I mean, I'm a weird person too like that. I I listen to podcasts while I'm on the treadmill doing my 1233 incline, whatever that jazz is, because I like doing it. But yeah, everyone always asks me like, oh, like, what do you listen to when you go to the gym? And I'm like, podcasts, mindfulness podcasts. And they're like, how? How can you listen to a mindfulness podcast while you're working out? And here's the thing. I have no answer for you. (laughs) I don't have an answer. I just enjoy um, being uplifted while I'm lifting. I don't, that's, that's all I have to say. So for my new people here, welcome to my Growth Mindset Gang, my veterans. Hello, welcome back. So glad you are here again. For those of you who don't know, my name is Allie Brooke. I am a social studies teacher in New York City on a mindset journey where I am just figuring out how my spirituality, my nutrition, my fitness, my daily habits, my mindset truly affects my overall health. And so I'm just sharing with you guys what I've been learning on my journey from therapy, from other podcasts that I listen to, from self-development books that I read, from the amazing guests that have been on this show. Always so grateful for the amazing women who have been on this show and had such amazing conversations. And if you are interested in being a guest on the Growth Mindset Gal podcast, I'm open to everybody. So if you are interested in being a guest, you can um, send me a DM at at the Growth Mindset Gal on Instagram. Um, you can email me, thegrowthmindsetgal at gmail.com. And also there is a link in the show notes for you to apply to be a guest. There's a Google form. Everything that I basically just said is also, everything is linked in the show notes, my Instagram, my email, um, and that Google form. So if you're interested, please let me know. And I want to take a minute to shift a little bit. And I am so happy that some of you have been going into better help. I am so excited for you guys to start your therapy journey and I am so proud of you for starting your therapy journey. It is such an amazing process to go through and you realize that the stigma is going away from therapy, that the stigma used to be, oh, you're going to therapy because you're broken. But no, you're going to therapy so you have the tools so you don't break. And if you do start to break a little bit, you know how to mend yourself through therapy. So I'm so happy to hear that you guys are choosing BetterHelp. It was my first step to therapy. And I honestly cannot even look back. I still see my therapist two times a month. We hop on a Zoom call for about 45 minutes. 
and it is one of the best things I ever invested in myself. And BetterHelp is a fantastic option, and I'm so happy that they are a sponsor to this podcast episode. And I'm so glad you guys are taking advantage of it, of the opportunity, and investing in your mental health because your mental health is literally everything. So again, I am so proud of you guys who have started using BetterHelp and I hope that it starts an amazing, wonderful journey for you. So today on the podcast, it's just me guys. Hello. I haven't done a solo dolo in quite some time. So I'm excited to be back with just me, you and the mic. Hello. How's it going? I hope your 2023 year has been really good so far. I hope it's bringing in clarity. I hope you've been giving yourself grace. I hope you've been taking action where action needs to be done to create the life that you want to live. And so on today's episode, I actually just finished reading the 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Brianna West or Weist. I'm sorry. I always, (laughs) the whole time, you know what's really funny with Weist or Weist? Maybe that's how you pronounce it. We're going to figure that out. But when I first read her last name, if you guys have seen SpongeBob, you know, when Patrick was like, West, I thought we were going West. And I just like, that's literally the only thing I can see when I see her last name. Anywho, sidetracked. Here we are. So I just finished reading. It was a fantastic self-development book. And it was one of those books where it's hefty. It's over 400 pages. But it didn't feel like 400 pages. It was one of those books where you were so like in just in the reading, in the words that were being shared that you just didn't even realize that you were reading and you were just so like sucked into it. So I am going to be referencing today essay number 14, Expectations You Must Let Go Of in Your 20s. And I figured which would be a perfect you know, topic because that's where we're at, guys. We're in our late 20s and we are millennials here and we're just trying to figure it out. And I was reading this chapter in her book and I'm going to be linking her book in the show notes. Don't you worry. Um, And I was like, wow, it was a real eye opener. And I kind of wish I read this chapter more in my early 20s, but here I am a 28 feeling great. So I wanted to share Um, this chapter with you and also share my insights as I'm going to be sharing tidbits with you because it's so important to take down the expectations and narratives we think we're supposed to have because other people told you, hey, this is how it's supposed to go. Because when you do that, when it's like, hey, this is where you're supposed to go, this is what you're supposed to do, and you just blindly follow and not question and not create something of your own or think for yourself, that's where all of a sudden now you're in a spot where you're like, what am I doing with my life? What is happening? Because you were so just blinded by what other people were telling you. So I'm going to be sharing the 17 expectations that you need to let go in your 20s. So here we go. So expectation number one that you need to let go of in your 20s, people. This one actually made me like laugh out loud. You're meant to be extraordinary. You need to let go of that. And I was like, wait, what? What do you mean? You're meant to be extraordinary is something you need to let go. And this is what this is what she says in the book, which I loved. Extraordinary people are just that, rare, 
Recognizing this doesn't mean you're giving up on your potential. It means you're dissolving the illusions you have about what it means to be your whole self and live your best life. We tout the one in a billion success story as though it's the natural end goal of working hard and actualizing yourself. It's not. The real question is, what work are you willing to do if nobody claps? What will be worthwhile if it goes unacknowledged? How will you feel loved by a few people if you aren't recognized by many? Finding the exceptional in the ordinary is the real extraordinary. Which when I read that, I was like, Brianna put into words what a part of my mission statement with you guys is, is to romanticize the mundane, meaning finding basically the extraordinary in the ordinary. I love that because we're in this kind of rat race in our 20s because we want this extraordinary success story that we can tell people and we want to show off especially living in this again in the mission statement this instagram perfect lifestyle this social media in general perfect lifestyle and we think we're all supposed to be extraordinary where i don't want to take away being like hey you're not going to be extraordinary because that doesn't sound right but you're going to be extraordinary in your own way. And I love the part where she said, you're going to be extraordinary by the acts you do when no one's clapping, the things you do when no one's looking. You would, you are grateful for the people who love you, even if it's just a few, rather than being liked by many. It's so true because your 20s is kind of like this weird high school vibe of your adulthood where you're trying to figure out how to fit in who you are you're kind of either gaining new friends or losing old friends you're maybe getting into new relationships with significant others you may be trying to find a new career you're kind of all over the place because you want this huge massive success story and there's nothing wrong with that but what you need to let go of is this goal of being the best at everything that you do and better than everybody else because that's not the reality you can live to your potential but it doesn't mean you have to be the best it doesn't mean you have to have you know the highest paying job it doesn't mean you have to have you know the biggest house the nicest car but are you happy in your own extraordinary simplicities of your life and you take a moment to realize the life that you're in right now is extraordinary. But you want to know why it's extraordinary? Because you made it. Because the goal life that you're in right now, like the life that you're sitting in, was your past self's goal, was it not? I mean, 21-year-old me would be flabbergasted that I'm literally working my dream job, being a social studies teacher, full-time social studies teacher my own classroom, 21-year-old me would be like through the roof. But yet here I am questioning it all. Isn't that something? So find the extraordinary in your life right now because the past you would have wanted it all. And it's okay to just be at your job because, you know, it's a job and you enjoy it. 
you know, and it pays the bills. You don't have to be the best. You don't have to climb the social ladder. You don't have to become the manager. You don't have to become, you know, a, get a promotion all the time. You can just be content with the little successes that you have. And you don't have to strive to be, you know, the most popular at your job. Or if you run a social media account, you don't have to strive to be this huge viral influencer. You can just enjoy having a social media account that helps. You know, what's funny is speaking of social media, because I have an Instagram, everyone's like, oh, like having over, you know, 10K followers is like the goal, blah, 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 blah. But if you have 100 followers, visualize 100 followers in like a room, like in a, in, in like a lecture hall. Because for some reason, social media makes us believe that like 100 people or 200 people following us is not a big deal. But like if you had 200 people following you or 200 people like listening to you in a lecture hall, you would be like amazed. So that's what I mean by let go of the expectation of everything needs to be extraordinary. It's okay to live a simple, ordinary life and find the extraordinary in the little successes, the little growth, the little love that you experience. Expectation number two, you're at the beginning of your life, which kind of threw me for a loop because everyone says, oh, like you're in your 20s, you have so much of your life ahead of you, you know, ba 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 but this is what she says, she, which she made a good point. Some of you reading this will not make it through your 20s. Others won't make it past midlife or even past this year. Keep a skull on your desk if you must. Nobody assumes they'll die young, but that doesn't mean they don't. Which was kind of a nice, like, I won't say nice, but just an interesting, hey, listen. Because yes, in our 20s, we are so young. We still have so much of our life ahead of us if we live that long. And blessed be that we all do. But remember, in your 20s, you are still an adult. And in your 20s, you got to make sure that you're making adult decisions and not making decisions like a high schooler would or making decisions that are rash and making decisions that are impulsive and things like that. Because your 20s are meant for you to explore and figure out what you want. But in a well-structured kind of way. And it's setting yourself up for the person you want to be for the rest of your life. Because many of us are kind of taking our 20s for granted. And then all of a sudden, we're in like our late 20s, early 30s. And now we're like, oh, now I need to actually figure things out. Right? Where it's really important to love and explore and live your life in your 20s. But there needs to be a balance of, yeah, live your life, but also figure out what's the life that you actually do want to live. Because we don't all have forever. And that was a big, you know, wake up call for me when I was reading this. Expectation to let go of number three. Your faults are more forgivable and your attributes are more exceptional. Believing that you're less responsible for your misgivings, that you're more exceptionally skilled at your strengths, 
is the mindset to which many people default, but it ultimately just keeps you small. If you don't acknowledge the magnitude of the poor choices you made, you're bound to justify doing them again. If you live and act as though you can slide by because you never ever so slightly better than everyone else, you never actually try. So that's a big thing you need to let go of is you need to make sure you hold yourself accountable. Don't be like, oh, I'm in my 20s. I made a mistake. It's okay. There's no repercussions. I just move on. No, no, no. In your 20s, this is what I said before, in your 20s, you are an adult, right? And I think we forget that. Your 20s, you are an adult. And it's okay to make mistakes, but you got to make sure that you hold yourself accountable for those mistakes. Or don't think you don't have to apologize because maybe you're doing better than somebody else or you think you're superior to somebody else that your skills are so much better that you don't need to say sorry for things that you messed up on i don't know why but i used to like hate saying sorry and it i think it was a prideful thing especially with like friends family significant others I wouldn't have a problem really saying sorry at work because for some reason my brain in professional mode is like a whole different brain than Allie, just relaxing mode. And I hated saying sorry because I felt that I was always right. And then I realized I could be right, but I did hurt someone's feelings. And that's something I need to say sorry. So you can be right in an argument. You can make all the right points. But if you do it in a mean, nasty way and you hurt someone's feelings, you need to hold yourself accountable for that. If you want to move on from a friendship in your 20s, that's okay. You need to let that person know and or set up boundaries first, have conversations, whatever you got to do. But don't just leave them in the dust and be like, oh, we just drifted. I'm in my 20s. I, you know, you lose friends. You got to make sure that when you do mess up in your 20s, it's allowed, but be prepared to face the consequences for your mistakes. Because I think that's starting to disappear even in younger than the 20s. I even see it as a teacher that we think that if we, you know, it's okay. Everyone says it's okay to make mistakes. Don't worry about it yeah yes it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fail right it's okay to make a wrong decision but we forget that even though we said that we're sorry even though we didn't mean to there's still gonna be consequences for those mistakes and you have to be able to hold yourself there and take the consequence And I think we're starting to lose that a little bit. And we need to remember that, yes, you're going to make mistakes. So you're going to have to face the consequences. Doesn't mean your life is over, but you got to remember that things are going to happen when you do make mistakes. The expectation number four that you need to let go of, you can literally be whatever you want. (laughs) Oh, the self-care and mindset community is turning over. She said, if you don't have the IQ of a rocket science, you cannot be a rocket scientist. If you don't have the coordination to be a professional dancer, you won't be a professional dancer. Wanting something badly enough doesn't qualify you to have it. 
You cannot be whatever you want, but if you work hard and don't give up and happen to be born to the circumstances that facilitate it, you can maybe do something that crosses your abilities with your interests. And if you're really smart, you'll figure out how to be grateful for it, even on the difficult days. I, again, this was another one where I literally laughed out loud because it's true. Because everyone always says, oh, like set your mind to it and you can do whatever you want. Kind of, kind of, yes. You can work hard to achieve a goal, right? But there are just some life circumstances that you can't just be whatever you want. And that's okay. That's okay that life has a little bit of limitations. And sometimes we get so far up into the sky, into the air and in our heads of you can be whatever you want, which you can, but like to an extent, because we live in a society where there's so many different structures such as access to education, access to finances, access to networking, all of these things take into account. So if you wanna be something, you gotta remember, yeah, you can set your mind to it and go for it, but you gotta make sure you're ready for it to go through any kind of heaps and bounds to get to where you wanna get to, where just doing a blanket statement, oh, you can do whatever you want. You can literally be whatever you want, not literally. And we gotta bring ourselves back down to earth. Like for example, the big, huge thing now, okay? Everyone wants to be an influencer, which there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, influencing online, hey, it's the way of the times, do it up, do you. But can everyone be a successful online influencer that they can literally leave um, whatever, either them being in school or having a nine to five job and just do this full time, just being an influencer, not running a business, right? Not having like a Etsy shop, not doing a side hustle. This is your straight up job as being an influencer. Can everybody do it? No. Just like she said in the book, can everyone be a rocket scientist? No. Can everyone be a professional athlete? No. So you got to realize you can be whatever you want that's within your skill set wheelhouse or you can learn skills to get where you want to go but there again are still limitations that we have to remember so we don't shoot for the stars too high right flying too close to the sun you know what i'm saying it's just a little reality check number five you can outsmart pain you cannot sink your way out of pain You cannot predict it or avoid it or pretend you don't feel it. Doing so is living a fraction of the life you were meant to, and it will make you a fraction of the person you're supposed to be. Like, dang. I'm going to read that last line again. Doing so is living a fraction of the life you were meant to, and it will make you the fraction of the person you're supposed to be. Whoop, whoop, whoop. One of the biggest things I learned in therapy was you can't hold in your pain you can't just ignore it and hope that it goes away you can't do it because it's going to show up the pain the emotional pain is going to show up in different places it's going to show up in your body okay the body keeps the score i love that book too that's a good one 
if you hold on to pain and you avoid it and you don't release it, you don't let it go, it's going to show in your body. It's going to show in your mood. It's going to show in your mindset and your perception. It's going to show in your relationships and how you interact with people. It's, it's going to show up everywhere until you acknowledge it. The whole hold your feelings in and don't cry phase, people, is over. It is over. It's so mentally and emotionally damaging to hold in any pain. You're not tough if you hold in your trauma. You're not tough if you hold in your sadness and you isolate yourself and you just keep on going. You don't ask for help. You don't talk to people about it. And then all of a sudden you're, you're like a dormant volcano. That's how I was. I would hold in all my pain. I would hold in all my sadness, all my anxiety. I would hold it, hold it, hold it all in because I thought showing emotions and being vulnerable with people was a weakness because that's what we're taught. We're taught you showing your emotions is a weakness because guess what? I'll even give you an example. I remember when I was young, my sister cried a lot. That's life. She was the crier. And I would see how my parents would react to it. Oh, your sister's always crying. She has no backbone. Bah, 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 bah. That's what I would hear. So that I'm like, oh, that's a weakness. So I can't do that. I can't cry. Because I perceived it as a weakness based on my parents' reactions to my sister crying when she was upset about things. And so I held in everything everything my personalities i remember someone in high school told me ali's either really happy or she's really pissed off those are her two modes and i'll never forget that and i i was like proud of it i was like either ali's a really good time to be around or if you mess with her you're done and i was like whoa i have the emotional range of a teaspoon what movie is that from quick <laughs> but I realized, I used to think that was tough, that was cool. Be like, yeah, get along with me, I'm great. You don't get along with me, uh, too bad. But now as a 28-year-old woman, I'm like, mm-hmm. I was holding in so many parts of myself, so many beautiful parts of myself that I was afraid to show to others because I was afraid of the stigma of showing your emotions and being vulnerable. I was very tough and rigid. And I and I didn't show my friends love and compassion and acceptance, which I knew what was in me. I would watch my other friends do and be like, wow, I wish I could be like that. But I couldn't because it felt so unnatural to me because of the way I grew up. So I was living like half a person. So that's saying you have to ball your eyes out every day. But when you feel pain, freaking feel it. Okay? If you need to go in your room and cry it out into a pillow, you're still feeling it. Not saying you have to go talk to, you know, people every time you're sad or upset. If, but you still need to let the pain out. Scream, yell, cry, do it. Okay? It's kind of like... The feeling after a workout where like leading up to the workout, you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm so tired. I don't want to do this. And it's the same thing. After you do the workout, you feel so much better 
right? It's the same thing when you let out your emotions, when you let out your pain. You know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't feel weak. I don't look stupid. I want people to judge me, blah, 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 blah. But then after you do it, whether it's crying, whether it's venting about it with a friend or a family member or a therapist, whatever that it is, you feel this huge, massive weight come off your shoulder and you feel this freedom. Once you do it, once you get comfortable with showing your emotions and feeling the pain, it's, you can then feel it all. And once you can feel all of it, then you're able to show the 100% of you in that moment. Expectation number six, you got to let go of. Love is something other people give you. Woo! People cannot transmute emotions, which is interesting to consider when you realize how utterly consumed the human race is with the concept of getting other people to love us. This is because when we think other people love us, we give ourselves permission to feel love. It's a mind game one in which we rely on everyone but ourselves to allow us to feel what's already inside of us. If you think love is something that exists anywhere but within your own mind and heart, you'll never have it. Like I said, guys, this book was hitting me. This chapter was hit. I was like on the train reading this and I was like, oh my God, this this is hitting me. Love is not external. Love is internal. If you think the only way you can feel love is feeling love from family, friends, significant others, you're missing out on such a beautiful relationship with yourself. It's hard. There are some days where I don't like her either. She gets on my nerves, okay? I'll be honest. But at the end of the day, it's me and her. And there are going to be days where you feel really sad and isolated because maybe no one's checked in on you in a little bit. And I've been through that where I'm like, oh, none of my friends have talked to me in like a week. I've been there. But we all have really busy lives and it's not because they're not good friends or I'm not a good friend. Life just gets in the way sometimes. We, we eventually reach out and we hang out and I always you know, tell myself that. But in those moments, I'm like, it's okay, they're just busy. And at the end of the day, I still love myself. And so I'm going to care for myself. And I'm going to take care of myself. And that's not a hyper, super independent woman's sort of deal. It's that I'm going to show myself love and not look for it externally. Because let me tell you, before I came on to this podcast episode, I was having a grand old time with myself watching Outer Banks, okay? I was enjoying it, and then all of a sudden, it was 4 o'clock, and I was like, oh, I got to hop on the mic and do a podcast episode, because that was in my schedule for today. But I was like, you know what? It's Saturday. How am I going to love myself today? So what did I do? I got up, made my coffee, read my book. Then I went to the gym. I had to go food shop, and that was not a part of loving myself. I mean, I guess it is a part of loving myself because I was buying food that's nutritious for the week to feed myself, you know, and have good nutrition and have good energy. And then when I came home, I was like, oop, I got some time. I'm going to be watching Outer Banks on the couch, relaxing with my blanket and enjoying the time with myself. 
So make sure that you enjoy spending time with yourself and you love yourself and you take care of yourself. Now, loving yourself is not just the whole self-care of, yes, wash your face, you know, get makeup you like with the clothes that you like um, and get your nails done, self-care day, do face masks, take a bubble bath. Those are all well involved in self-love, but that's just the surface of self-love. The deep, darker parts of self-love is loving yourself even when you are repurposing habits that you know aren't good and forgiving yourself and trying to do better. Loving yourself is looking in the mirror and having days where you can't, you don't like the way that you look in the mirror and you, and you love yourself anyways and you build yourself back up anyways. Loving yourself is making the decisions and setting boundaries to take care of her. There's so much more. The bubble baths, the face masks, the getting your nails done, you know, going to get your hair cut. All those things are beautiful and wonderful things, but it's just the surface. Don't forget about that. Exception number, or ex- exception, expectation number seven that you need to let go of. Feeling something deeply means it's quote unquote meant to be. The intensity which you experience something or someone does not equate how destined it is. Many people deeply feel they're called to be famous in their field, but they do not have the skills or the grit to make it. Most people who get married feel deeply in their right relationship, but that doesn't mean it won't end in a divorce someday. Breakups are meant to be. Job losses and hurt feelings and disappointments are too. How do we know this? Because they happen often. They're the most pivotal redirects. Forget the final picture you want your life to amount to. It will never exist the way you think it should. In the meantime, it will only ensure that you waste what you do have in the moment. There's only one final destination here. The only thing you're rushing towards is the end of your life. Woo-wee. We need to let go of in our 20s that if we feel so deeply about something it's gonna work out it's not always gonna work out and that's okay that is okay you can love someone and it may still not work out but that's that's the human experience that's life there is no light without the dark there's no love without the struggle we need to have both And when we break up with people, when we lose jobs, when we move unexpectedly, been there, right? It's because those things are the meant to be. Because it's the universe redirecting our path into something. I always say to myself, what's meant to be will find me. As long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to, I'm working hard right? I'm a good person. I'm nice to people. I love people, right? I'm a good person. I'm good at my job. I just do what I got to do. What's for me will find me. So if you lose a job, maybe that job wasn't for you. Maybe it was a redirect. You were supposed to quit a long time ago and you never did. Okay. Same thing with the breakup. It wasn't meant to be. You might love someone, but in a relationship, in a marriage, love is not enough. There needs to be 
agreements. There needs to be you guys on the same page with finances, with children, with where you want to live, so on and so forth. There's so many more things than just love in a relationship to make it last. And marriage is work. Yeah, you can love each other, but if you stop caring for each other, caring about each other, then that flame slowly dies down. So just because you feel something so deeply, okay, doesn't mean it's going to last forever. Everything in this life is temporary. That's like one of the biggest lessons I've been learning because I, with anxiety, I'm so obsessed with control and like permanence that life is showing me, no, 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 no. That's not how life works. Everything is temporary. Everything's a season. And it's because you're here to grow and to learn. So when the season of a job, a relationship, a friendship is over, it's a redirection for something even better. Expectation number eight. If you work on yourself enough, you won't struggle anymore. If you work on yourself enough, you'll understand what the struggle is for. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out? I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it, but I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing, right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. 
and you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone. And they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress. Because you guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset you can get 10 percent off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal that's better h-e-l-p.com slash the growth mindset gal that link is going to be in my show notes and If you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy the services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. This was a huge one that we're all listening. I mean, we're listening to podcasts right now. It's Mindset Podcast. Everyone's in this big upkick of the self-development game. And that's beautiful. That's wonderful. We should. We should want to improve. But we feel that if we make improvements in our lives, we won't struggle anymore. No. I hate to break to you. No matter how much work that you do on your mindset, you're still going to have good and bad days. You're still going to have beautiful seasons of life. And then you're going to have terrible dark seasons of life. That is the way of things. Like I just said, there can't be any light without the dark. Okay. The thing is, is how you perceive that struggle. Because everyone in with social media and the mindset and self-development industry that it's become we feel like if we do the work if we heal right we read all the right books we listen to the podcasts you know we do the steps we buy you know the mastermind courses and all the things that we're never going to struggle ever again it's the same thing with just other pieces of our life we think once we're in the right job we're never going to struggle again we think once we're in the wonderful beautiful healthy relationship we'll never struggle again no get that out of your mind you are going to face struggles no matter what let me tell you i've been on this mindset healing since 2020 is when I started therapy. It's now 2023. Um, if you think I still don't struggle, let me tell you, you haven't listened to this podcast enough. <laughs> you still struggle. But that's okay. That is okay to struggle. Okay. But how you cope with the struggle is what you're actually perceiving. And that's what growth mindset is all about. Is how do you combat the struggle do you let it consume you or do you take this struggle and see it as the redirect and be like hmm where is the struggle redirecting me what can I do with this struggle is it making me stronger for something am I learning something from it 
and then you keep on going. And then everything's in hindsight. For example, because I think I just said like a lot of words. <laughs> Let me give you an example. When, if you guys know, remember, um, I guess two years ago at this point, which is kind of wild, that Nate and I had to move out of our old Lindenhurst apartment when we weren't expecting it. And then we lived in Franklin Square. We lived in a basement apartment and I like hated every minute of my life. Yeah. Um, because I just, I was upset that we had to move and I didn't like living in a basement. It was dark and I wasn't expecting it. That That's not how I expected us living together to be. And let me tell you what I learned from that. Everything's in hindsight. I learned that Nate and I's relationship, we can pivot. I learned that we can take on really hard, unexpected things. I realized that it was a time for Nate and I to really see the depths of our relationship and something like that. Can we handle being in a tough season together? Will we be able to support each other? Will we have to learn how to have hard conversations? And we did from that experience. So yeah, you're going to be struggling some seasons. So don't expect just because you're on a mindset journey that you're never going to be sad or upset ever again. You're going to. It's part of the human experience. It's all about how you accept the struggle and grow from it. Expectation number nine that you should let go of in your 20s. (laughs) You can control what other people think of you. You can control how you treat people, but you cannot actually control what they think. The idea that behaving a certain way will elicit a certain response is a delusion that will keep you puppeteering through your life. It will distance you from the person you want to be and the life you want to live. And for what? People are going to judge, criticize, condemn, love, admire, envy, and lust based on their own subjective perception regardless. Take a deep breath on that one. It's a slap in the face, that one, (laughs) because it's so true. You learn, no matter what you do, there's always going to be a somebody hating. Always. So if people are going to hate regardless, why don't you just live how you want to live? People are going to judge your decisions no matter what you do. So at least make sure you're doing what you actually enjoy doing. I'm... I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm here to share it. I was, I'm very anxious and I want to always please people. And I hate disappointing people. I hate it. I hate it. I hate disappointing people at my work. I hate disappointing my, my family. I hate disappointing my friends. Um, Nate, I hate it all. But then I realized that nothing is personal. I learned that through especially work. Work was the first place that I learned it. Nothing's personal. How people interact with you is their own projections of themselves and how they feel about themselves. People want to judge because maybe they envy you. Maybe they wish they could be like that. I remember when I was a first year teacher, 
I um, was very into using music and movement and social studies. I taught eighth grade social studies, so we were learning about, um, what was it? I'm blanking. Oh, yeah, the, the Harlem Renaissance. So I was playing music all the time. We're singing. We're having a good time. And I remember veteran teachers would be walking by the room, kind of looking in like side eye like side eye like that like side eyeing because my room was right next to the teacher's lounge perfect place am i right but we'd be hyping and the music was great the kids were listening to it having a grand old time um i even remember even like it, during the um that same topic it was also talking about the roaring 20s so we were learning all the dances the roaring 20s and things like that they were doing projects whatever and i remember that I would just be, you know, teachers would be like, hey, do you mind closing the door? It's a little loud, but not in the mix of, oh, it's like really cool what you're doing in here. It was more of you're being too loud. Can you close the door? Like that sort of thing. And I like remember feeling very embarrassed because like the, the students and I enjoyed what you we were doing, but it seemed as too much or too loud or whatever that it was. But then I realized, you know what? I don't care what my coworkers think of how loud my lessons are. They're not paying my bills. My students are enjoying learning about history. I mean, that's my job. So I'm gonna keep doing it. And I never looked back, still play music extra loud sometimes. And you know, there are times where yeah, I'll close the door because I get it, like it could be a little loud. I'll, I'll still close the door out of disrespect for you know, other classes might be taking tests or whatever. But I'll never forget that. I was like, don't be ashamed of you doing a good job. Don't be ashamed of it. Or there was another moment where it was like in a, um, a team meeting. It was at the same year. And one teacher was like, oh, I hate that I have to be the strict one all the time. But like looking at me, meaning like I wasn't as strict or the kids have more fun in my class but she was projecting her own insecurities onto me. She doesn't have to be the strict teacher. You can have classroom management and not be strict. You can be, you having good classroom management means you're fair, you're just. You treat people with respect and there are consequences for people who break the rules and expectations of the classroom, simple as that. Own projection. So if you're at work and people are hating, it's a projection of themselves, okay? If you want to quit your nine to five like we always talk about and start a business, people are gonna judge it no matter what. You wanna do it, do it. Make a plan, but do it. You wanna leave your job and maybe just get go get another one, people are gonna judge regardless. You think you're too good for this job? Eh, maybe I am. Maybe you wanna move to a new city? I'm doing that right now. People are judging, why do you wanna move upstate for? We have Long Island, we have beaches, ba 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 ba. I don't wanna live on Long Island. And I had to realize that some people just not, you know, they might not be happy with the move, but am I happy with the move? So if you're happy with what you are doing, do it. Stop caring. Life is literally too short for you to be wasting your time wondering if people are going to approve of what you're doing. If you love it, if you enjoy it, and it's not hurting anybody else, do it. Expectation number 10 that you need to let go of, hard work guarantees success.
this was this was a hard pill to swallow for me because I'm a big work ethic kind of gal. But if you're looking for any one particular outcome as the end goal of your hard work, you're most likely going to end up disappointed. The point of hard work is to recognize the person it makes you, not what it gets you. The former you can control, the latter you can't. Okay? And that it's true. Working hard doesn't always mean success. And that was a hard thing for me to to learn because that was always my MO. It was whenever time I had a failure, whatever that it was, I was like, but I, I worked so hard. I'm a hard worker. I have good work ethic. How could I have failed at this? Or how can I have not gotten a good rating or wh- whatever that it was? Because not every time you work hard is going to lead to success. Working hard is a great habit to have and you can get things done. It just might always not be linked to the outcome that you wanted. And again, that's life. That I can have for just speaking for my own, I could have worked really hard to make a great lesson, but doesn't mean it's going to end up looking like a great lesson. And that's okay. Things happen. And you need to realize that working hard is about building your character. It's not about a specific outcome. So maybe give yourself a little grace and do your work, but don't burn yourself into the ground because it's not always gonna lead to success. And that's why I think people feel so so frustrated right now is because they are like, I work so hard, but I feel like I'm not successful because working hard is character development. It doesn't always lead to the outcome that you want. Expectation number 11. Your thoughts will change themselves when your circumstances change. Most people assume that when their lives change, their thoughts will change. When they have someone who loves them, they'll think they're worthy of love. When they have money, they'll have a different attitude about it. Unfortunately, the opposite is true. When you adopt a new mindset about money, you start believing and behaving differently. When you'll be in a different fiscal position, for example, your mind creates it and is not created. So here's a huge thing. No matter where you are, no matter where you go, you're going to be you. You always think, oh, once I get my first real job, I'm going to be happy. Once I finally fall in love, I'm going to be happy. Once I get that dream home, I'm going to be happy. Not if you're still doing the patterns that make you unhappy now. You know what makes you happy? First of all, happiness shouldn't be a goal because we're humans. Happiness is a moment in time. Happiness is an emotion. Emotions are temporary. And listen, even if you're in this beautiful dream house of yours, If you still are sad and miserable, you're going to be sad and miserable in that house. If you still are an insecure person, you're going to be an insecure person in that relationship. Okay? What actually changes things is your mindset. Everyone thinks, oh, if I move, you know, to a new city, 
I'm going to feel better. You might for a little bit, but then your old self slowly creeps in. Then all of a sudden the anxiety comes back. All of a sudden the second guessing is back. You need to do the work to become the person that you want to be. Your environment plays a little bit of a role. It does. I won't dis- I won't dismiss that. Your circumstances may play a little bit of a role, but the major role player is your mindset. Expectation. I don't even know if I've been saying exception or expectation on and off, but you guys know what I mean. Here we are. <laughs> expectation number 12 that you need to let go of. Other people are responsible for your feelings. Who we say it louder for the people in the back. The only place you have complete control over what's said to and around you is in your home. Otherwise, you exist in a diverse world of many people and opinions of which are likely to offend you at some point or another. If you want to assume that you're the focal point of everyone's life and ascribe meaning to every passing comment and idea that doesn't soundly resonate with your own belief system, you're going to have a very difficult life. Changing how other people think and treat you is not a matter of how outraged you get, but how willing you are to explain, teach, and share. Defensiveness never precedes growth. It stunts it. I tell my students this all the time. I'll tell you. Okay? We live in a world, a big world, where there's many people, many thoughts, opinions, and beliefs. Okay? You need to accept that you're not going to like everyone. Not everyone's going to like you. You're not going to agree with everyone. Not everyone's going to agree with you. You can agree to disagree. It is okay to do that. Okay? Does it make one person better? Does it make someone a monster? Whatever that it is. We live in a world where people are going to say things to you that you don't like. Okay? The power is, how do you react? How do you react to it? I used to think defensiveness was the way to go. But it's not. Because guess what? When someone says something to you that you don't like, right? They call you a name or something. And you rage and yell at them. They have power over you. And then what they said about you rummages in your brain. Forever. You never forget what people say, right? But if someone calls you a name and you say, all right, that's what you think, and you move on, you hold the power. Because people are not responsible for your feelings. I'm, that may be a, a tough take, but it's true. Who's responsible for your feelings? You are. You are responsible for your reactions to how people treat you, okay? If people are disrespecting you, they're out of your life. That's fine, okay? That's where you set boundaries, okay? But you have the control of how you feel when other people do things. Don't ever let go of that power. Because when you let go of that power, it takes a very long time to get it back. 
That's why we're so obsessed with what everyone is saying. That's why we're so obsessed with what people are thinking. That's why we're so obsessed with what everyone perceives you as because you want everyone to agree with you. You want everyone to like you. You want everyone to be nice to you. That's not the reality of life. It's not. And I'm saying this because I love you guys and I want you to realize this because it took me a long time to realize this too. You got to learn how to navigate this world. And if you are going to scream and cry every time someone says something mean to you or something that you don't like, you're going to be wasting a lot of energy. Because I did. Ignore. Move on. Don't relate yourself to that person anymore if they're going to be like that. There's no need. And... People can have different opinions and still be friends with each other. You can agree to disagree. That is okay. That is fine. We become a very divisive society because oh, you don't agree with me on something, up, oh, we're not friends anymore. You're a bad person automatically. What happened to debating and discussion? That's the beauty of a democracy. I'm getting a little socialized here. I'm sorry, it just goes that way. But discourse discussions happen when people have different opinions and you might actually learn something from somebody instead of yelling and screaming at them because you're offended be like let me hear your side explain to me let me explain my side and maybe you don't have to change each other's minds because that's the thing we always want to change people's minds you don't have to change people's minds you can maybe have an understanding of each other and be like okay i see where you're coming from i can get why you're saying that and still disagree that's okay that is all right. If everyone thought the same, would any change ever be made? Remember that. Because a lot of the times we hold ourselves in an echo chamber, which means that we surround ourselves with everyone who thinks the same as us. That's why it's called an echo chamber, because you're all repeating the same things back and forth to each other because you all think the same, which is good. It's good to be around people that you have things in common with. But then you stunt your growth. Imagine if you had a conversation with someone you never thought you, you know, would learn anything from. But then when you learn from another side, you grow, you can find compromise, you can find understanding, you can find that beauty of the agreed to disagree to maybe come up with a way to kind of compromise with each other. Just saying. Anywho, I'll get off. I'll get off the soapbox. Anywho, expectation number thirteen. You need to let go of emotional intelligence is infallible exposure. Self-esteem is believing you are supremely, completely, quote unquote, good. Happiness is a product of not having problems. Okay. Emotional intelligence is the ability to feel, express, and interpret your feelings productively. Self-esteem is believing you're worthy of loving and being loved despite not being supremely, completely good all the time. Happiness is a product of how you cope with your problems and whether or not you see them as opportunities that they could be. Okay? Being emotionally intelligent doesn't mean you don't feel things, or you're a softy, or you're just so accepting. Emotional intelligence means expressing your emotions in a productive way. 
Emotional intelligence means holding space for people. Emotional intelligence is all about direct communication about your feelings and listening to other people's feelings without judgment. Self-esteem doesn't mean you're better than everybody else. Self-esteem means you believe in yourself. You believe that you deserve to be loved. You believe that even though you make mistakes, you're still okay. You're still a good person. And like I said, happiness is an emotion. Happiness is not a place. Happiness is what we create. Happiness doesn't mean you don't have any problems. Happiness is how do you redirect those problems. Expectation number 14, you need to let go. The right person will come at the right time. You will not be ready when the love of your life comes along. You also probably won't be ready when you see the listing for your dream job or to buy a house or maybe have a kid or maybe quit the job and try and write a book you keep thinking about or get sick or lose a relative or die yourself. If you wait on the feeling of readiness, you'll be waiting forever. And worse, you'll miss the best of what life has in front of you and what life has in store for you. You'll never be ready. My gang, my loves, you're never going to be ready. If you think I'm ready for to find a new job and move upstate, whoo, yeah, you, no. But when you're a little scared and you're a little nervous, that's when the best things are coming. It's true. You're never going to be ready 100%. And if you feel completely ready for something, you're not dreaming big enough, you're not thinking big enough. You're not reaching for your potential far enough if you think you're ready completely for something, for something new. If you're about to get into a new job and you're a little scared, that's okay. You're growing. If you're talking to somebody right now, you're in that whoo talking phase and you're a little bit nervous, a little bit, you know, scared, a little anxious, that's okay. The dating game, it's a scary place. And it's okay to be a little nervous putting yourself out there because it's a risk. It's scary. But now you're opening yourself up. You are opening yourself up to heartbreak. That could happen. But you could also be opening yourself up to the beautiful, greatest love of your life. Could you imagine waiting until you're ready for that to happen? You'll be sitting around, like she said, forever. If you're a little nervous to take the next big step of what in whatever your life it is, moving, a new job, a relationship, maybe you're thinking about growing your family, it's scary. It's nervous. But we often confuse nervousness with being afraid, with, with, with negative connotation. But you also get nervous when you're excited about something. You get the butterflies in your tummy. The nerves are not always bad. It's your body gearing up for something great is about to happen and you have no idea. Your body always knows before you do. Expectation number 15. You can postpone your happiness or save it up like money in a bank. People postpone their happiness to keep themselves safe. They dig for another problem 
to have to solve, another obstacle to overcome, another passageway until they can feel the happiness they know in their lives. You cannot save up your happiness. You can either feel it in the moment or miss it. It's that simple. It's temporary regardless. The only variable, whether or not you ever felt it in the first place. Just enjoy it. Whatever it is, listen to me. Enjoy it. Why are you not showing your happiness when you're happy? Why are you dismissing your excitement when you're excited? Why are you always on on the ready of, oh, something bad's going to happen? I need to be prepared. That's me. I was big with my anxiety. I, I was always in like, don't enjoy this too much because it could be taken away. You know, don't be too happy or it's the too good to be true. Something, it could be taken away. They could leave you. You can lose all of this because it was my anxiety trying to control and always on the defense. Always prepare yourself for the worst case scenario. So if, if the worst case scenario happens, you're not shocked and you were ready for it, right? Does that, that could resonate with you? Oh gosh, I wish I didn't do that. I wish I could go back to places when I was so, I was enjoying myself. I was happy and relive that happiness and not store it away and keep it away. Like, oh, don't be too excited for this. Something could happen. One of those. Now I'm like, I am going to soak up every bit, especially after the pandemic and surviving the pandemic. Let's just put that into perspective. I'm learning to don't, don't hide away the excitement, the love, the joy. Because when we were quarantined, we were stuck in our houses. We were prying to feel happiness. We were, we were looking f- to remember how, how did it feel to be happy? Because we couldn't remember because we were all going through such a traumatic event. I will never, because of that, I will never hide away my happiness. I will never hide my excitement and my joy. Because for a very long time, we couldn't find a reason to have it. Expectation number 16 you need to let go of. Anxiety and negative thinking are pesky irritants. You just have to learn to thwart. Anxiety is one of the main driving forces that has kept you as well as your entire species alive. Struggling with a crippling overabundance of it usually means you're not listening to it or there's some major issue in your life you refuse to address or take action on. The power of negative thinking is that it shows us what matters and how we need to respond to our lives. Anxiety is something that does not go away. Because we do need a little bit of anxiety to keep us alive on like a primitive, literally homo sapien level. We do need a little anxiety. I remember even talking to my therapist about it. A little anxiety is a good thing because anxiety keeps you focused. It keeps you with your good work ethic. Like she told me, she's like, your anxiety on like a, on a two is what keeps you having great work ethic. When your anxiety is on a 10, that's where we fall off the rail. Negative thoughts and anxiety, it's 
trying to keep us safe or it's trying to tell something that we're subconsciously not addressing we're always going to have anxiety on some little level and we learn to cope with it it's never going to go away okay and that's all right but when we let anxiety and negative thoughts consume us it's because we're avoiding something are we afraid to do something are we afraid to be ourselves right think about social anxiety it's because you're afraid to be yourself okay You're afraid of what others are going to think of you, so you're anxious. You're in a relationship, you have anxious attachment. You're anxious because you're afraid you're not worthy enough for them to stay. You're afraid they're going to abandon you. So that's where your anxiety is showing up. Because you're not addressing the insecurity of, they're going to leave me. Social anxiety, you're not addressing the insecurity of, what if they don't like me? My full self. Your anxiety festers subconsciously of what you're not addressing. And we need to learn how to not even just cope with our anxiety, but navigate it. Where is it coming from? How can I grow? How can I not let anxiety consume me and address what's actually going on? Last but not least, Expectation 17, you need to let go of in your 20s. Focusing solely on your own needs will make you happiest. Despite what many corners of the internet world have would have you believe, self-sufficiency is just the precursor to happiness. It is the foundation. It is crucial, but it's not the connectedness on which human beings thrive committing sacrificing trying and trying again for the people you love and the things you believe in are what make your life feel worthwhile meaning your own needs is the first step not the ultimate goal sit with it for a moment because i know that in our self-care world in our mindset world there's been a huge huge surge of self-care and putting yourself first which is very very important we should because like brianna said it's the foundation of happiness if you're not taking care of yourself you can't even find happiness right but remember we need to take care of ourselves and take care of others we we've we used to be very you need to take care of the community and your family zero self-identity was the one end Now we're on the other side of you need to take care of yourself. We need to now meet in the middle. That's where we feel the most fulfilled as human beings. We're meant to be with people and take care of people and receive love and care from people. Because think about it. When we were hunters and gatherers, we we lived together. If you were on your own as a hunter gatherer, you did not survive. We do not thrive on our own. That's why we love being in families and friend circles, being in relationships. That's why we love being connected and being with people. It's our human nature to be connected with family, with friends. So take care of yourself, my gang. Take care of yourself. Love yourself so deeply. But don't forget. 
you also need to take care of the ones that you love show them love show them support be there for them because you want that from them right you want love and support from them don't forget to also give it back give back to your community give back to your friends give back to your family give back to your town make a difference whether it's at your job whether it's on your free time give back because just loving yourself and just taking care of yourself but not using that love that you have for yourself to then spread your love to others maybe that's why we feel a little empty because we're taking care of ourselves we're setting boundaries we're doing all these beautiful things that we should be doing 100 percent but then there's a little piece of us that's like mm, something's still missing it's because you need to also love your community your circles that you are in your relationships give them love too Growth Mindset Gang, I have an amazing offer to share with you. I have recently created a mindset coaching program. Now, if you're listening and you struggle with imposter syndrome, people-pleasing, overthinking, needing external validation, low self-esteem, indecisiveness, perfectionism, fear of failure, or lack of confidence, this coaching program can be aligned and serve you. With this coaching program, you would sign up with me for three months to receive one-on-one coaching via Zoom. We would meet either weekly or bi-weekly for 45 minutes to about an hour and really get clear on your mindset journey and what's the woman or who's the woman you want to become. Along with the weekly or bi-weekly Zoom calls with me, you would have a daily accountability messaging with me via Slack. So I do my daily check-ins with you and see how you're doing with your progress in between our sessions. You will also have access to the resource library that I will create where I will give you journal prompts. I will give you weekly self-reflection templates. I'll give you even book recommendations or we do a little mini book club together with a self-development book. Also, I'm going to be creating a Facebook group to also grow a community in this mindset coaching program. And if this feels aligned with you, you can also receive a huge investment discount if you are the first three to sign up with the three-month coaching program. If you are interested in this coaching program, you feel aligned, or you just want to talk to me and test it out and see if it works for you, you can click the link in my show notes to fill out a Google form to share with me what you want to work on and who's the woman that you want to become. How do you want to grow your mindset and fulfill and improve your mindset journey? And I will contact you. We hop on a discovery call for an hour and we talk about what are you struggling with right now? right? Where do you want to see yourself in three months? And I create a unique program just for you. And I'm here to be your coach, your supporter, and help you in your journey. So if this sounds amazing with you, or you just want to see and test it out, fill out that form. And when you fill it out, I'll contact you right away and help create a wonderful program to create your most authentic self. Mm -hmm.
All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love talking to you guys about it. I kind of lost myself a little bit. In it. I like had like an outer body experience of I'm telling you this, but like someone else is also coming through me to tell you all of those things. And if you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend that needs to hear it. Share it on your stories. Tag me in it. If you haven't already done so, follow me on Spotify, rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm linking the book, The 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Briano Weist. I, I could be still saying that wrong. It will be linked in the show notes. And remember, guys, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.